Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, warriors for the truth. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Stand Up For The Truth. Very special program today about how you can be encouraged in our culture as we're fighting for truth and fighting for faith and freedom. Regardless of what's happening around us, we know that we have God on our side, the Holy Spirit in us, and that is more powerful than what could ever come against us. Let's go to God, open up in prayer, and we've got a great program planned for you today. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us another opportunity to speak your truth and to talk about things that really matter. We ask during this Christmas season that we would not lose focus on the real reason for the season. We also ask you, Lord, you'd give us patience with others. There's a lot of people who are feeling lonely, helpless, or hopeless And we know that our hope in you, God, is what keeps us going. Our hope in Christ, that's an anchor to our souls. So we pray in this season, Lord, where some are not sensing the Christmas spirit, maybe they don't know you, Lord, we ask that we would be the salt and light in this nation, in this country and culture that Jesus, you called us to be. And we know that we can't do that without the power of your Holy Spirit. So we thank you for giving us everything we need for life, and for godliness, and we pray that you would lead us one step at a time. Direct our steps, Lord, and increase our faith, and help us to not back down and always stand for the truth and never be unashamed or never be ashamed of the gospel. We love you. Commit this hour to you and this day that you have made. We thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Very special guest today. I'm excited to have her on, but first... Should Christians engage the culture and help expose darkness? Well, Ephesians chapter 5 says we should be careful how we walk and redeem the time. We should be wise because the days are evil. And it also says that, uh uh-oh, we are not only to avoid the works of darkness and not participate, but we are also to expose darkness the deeds of darkness. How do we do that? Well, didn't Jesus say that we are the light of the world? So our so-called political and social issues, aren't they also moral issues that we, believers in Christ, should be speaking about? Well, today's guest says absolutely yes and states, quote, the left has been advancing and claiming more territory Well, we have attended church content to wait for Jesus to come back. Elizabeth Johnston is a best-selling author, speaker, and activist who educates and inspires the public on the burning social and moral issues of the day that are important to families and liberty-loving citizens. She and her husband, Patrick, who is a medical doctor, author, and movie producer— I don't know how they find the time, but they have been they have been pro-life ministry leaders for many years. And why don't they have the time? They do have the time, but they have 10 children that they homeschool. Wow. Um, Elizabeth triggers the left by confronting the lies of abortion, feminism, Islam and the homosexual agenda. And she has a massively popular Facebook page and YouTube channel, and we're just blessed to welcome her to the program today. Elizabeth Johnston, welcome to Stand Up For The Truth. Hi, David. It's great to be with you all. Oh, great to have you on. So you grew up in Georgia, lived in Ohio. You're now in North Carolina. In that process, you and your husband now have are raising 10 children. I can understand how you are concerned about their future, and I believe that uh, you've, you've said earlier in your Christian walk Um, you realized at some point you had to speak up. And we want to know, what was that one issue that first kind of you were uncomfortable, you were going, oh, no no one's saying anything about this. Will you tell us 
do you remember, was there a particular moment, and what was that issue that you first said, I have to speak? You know, uh, I, I um, think that the whole situation with Kim Davis in Kentucky, uh, if you recall, the Kentucky uh, clerk, county clerk, yes. who refused to sign the homosexual marriage license because you and I understand that um, marriage between a man and a man is not marriage at all, or vice versa, a woman with a woman. And, uh, and her conscience would not allow her to sign these homosexual marriage license. And I was a homeschooling, diaper bag carrying mommy. Um, that's all I was. I was following my husband around to his speaking engagements. Um, my husband often uh, would, would speak on the pro-life issue, um, on vaccinations. We would uh, go to homeschool conferences, and my husband was a, was a speaker. And I have you know, devoted 20 years of my life to do nothing but basically raise my children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And uh, that's been pretty much my obsession. And uh, so, and very content uh, to do so the rest of my life. And um, the whole thing I was watching happen with Kim Davis on Facebook. I can remember the moment I was in my kitchen and I saw uh, Kim Davis with the media all in her um, office. Yes. Swarmed at her counter. And the two men there who had, I think, come in from out of town because uh, the radical left and human rights campaign were literally flying and busting homosexuals into Kentucky to, you know, this conservative county in Kentucky, Grayson, Kentucky, to get a uh, homosexual license to, to persecute a Christian clerk, yeah. basically. And so when I saw this happening, um, and, and, and these homosexuals said, under what authority do you not issue us a marriage license? And she looked at them um, confidently, not meanly, but with confidence, this short-statured, simple woman, and she said, under God's authority. And I said to my children, pack your suitcases. We are headed to Kentucky. Wow. This woman inspired me. Uh, she was a hero. How often do you get to see um, a, a woman be persecuted for being a Christian in America, The you know, supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave? And I said, my kids are going to watch this thing go down in real time. And mm. so we packed our bags. Uh, we headed to Kentucky, and I asked some friends of mine, come with us. Would you come with us? How can we not support this woman in her great time of need as she takes a godly stance against sodomy, against legalized homosexual marriage in our country? And uh, and so 30 or 40 people followed me from different places around the country. And again, my husband's at work. He's seeing patients. He's a, he's a medical doctor. And I just like grab my kids and take them. Of course, <laughs> my husband, my husband, with the full support of my husband. And uh, what was supposed to be a day of going off and supporting Kim, after she got put in ankle and wrist shackles. Wow and hauled off to jail for being a Christian in America, uh, turned into a three weeks of me being in Kentucky with my children, just hitting the streets, hitting the community, hitting the jail uh, place, hitting the judge's house. We were outside his, his house, the judge that jailed her. Wow. Um, and, and I, again, no one knew me. I had no following. I was just a mother. But my leadership on that issue, uh, and I was very uncomfortable with leading because I was a female and I didn't want to lead. I wanted them, you know, the men to lead. Huh. But something happened in that moment where I realized that maybe God had a little something more for me than I was comfortable with and that he was going to take me out of my comfort zone. My comfort zone was homeschooling my, my children and, and, you know, going to abortion clinics with my children to pray for the men and women going in. Mm. And so he, he really opened my eyes to something that I had not yet seen for my life at that point. That's kind of when it all started. <laughs> wow, what a great story. God bless you, Elizabeth. We thank you for the stand that you have taken. We know we'll get to this hopefully in a little bit. That You've taken a lot of hits Whenever we want to do something for Christ and shine the light on the darkness, mm -hmm. there will be opposition. Uh, and yeah. you've, you've taken it. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, you mentioned authority, that question that was asked about marriage. And uh, Jesus mm -hmm. said, 
um, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on mm. earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. And we know that Paul writes, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. It is God-breathed, and that is our authority. And part of the reason mm-hmm. I think you would agree that we have gotten away from the Judeo-Christian principles that helped found this nation was because we have gotten away from the authority of the Word of God to the point we're not believing he exists. We're not believing we are created, male and female, and that is some chaos. We're going to ask you about the gender insanity you read about in your book, mm-hmm. but you're, you said your pastor at one point called out what you call the Deborah in you, and that was in mm-hmm. 2015, and he sensed that God was about to rocket you out of your comfort zone. So the Kim Davis incident, when you went to Kentucky, mm-hmm. Kentucky, was that when the activist mommy was birthed, or did that come a little later? It, it came um, just uh, maybe six months to nine months later, but that was the moment where um, the man who is my pastor right now, we were all down there together in Kentucky, and I was uncomfortable with how I just kind of appeared to be leading this band of 30, 40 um, Christians who were there all from all over the country, and many of them were men, and I, I was trying to kind of get out of the leadership situation, and he said to me, Elizabeth, this is okay. He said, this is a Deborah moment for you, okay? God laid this on your heart, and, and you're, calling, uh, you're calling the men, you're calling the nation, you're calling the church to arise. This is okay. God has done this. You haven't done this. And uh, that was, a, like I said, a pivotal uh, moment for me. And then um, th- what happened was when uh, Obama issued his transgender bathroom directive, what, maybe nine months later or mm-hmm. so? Yes. Um, wow. I, I can remember just being gripped with a fear that was uncommon to me, that our nation had gotten so dumb so unintelligent, so evil, (laughs) Mm. that we would allow 200-pound men to be in the locker rooms and shower rooms and dressing rooms of our little daughters. I just was gripped Mm. with with a fear, and and I I believe in in fear, um, but I'll I'll just be real with you. I can remember reading a story of of a woman, a guard, a security guard, who got arrested for trying to keep a transgender man out of the dressing room at a at Roth's dress store. Wow. And and when I read that story, I thought, oh, God, what has happened to us? Mm. I don't recognize my country anymore. What are we doing? What have we done? And and so I, I, I filmed my first little video that I thought a couple of people would watch <laughs> uh, on the issue of um, the transgender bathroom situation and uh, created a page called The Activist Mommy on Facebook, and I never dreamed what was about to happen would happen. And 70 million video views later, lo and behold, there is actually a hunger in our culture for a bold and biblical response to these social and moral issues that we find surrounding us on a daily basis. Yes, there is. And I think of your describing how that came to be and how government got involved and how Hollywood's been on the bandwagon there's a verse in Isaiah that we uh, kind of forget, Isaiah 5.20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute mm-hmm. darkness for light and light for darkness. That's what we're seeing in American culture. And the church mm-hmm. has to wake up. And I thank you. Before I don't want to run out of time. I know we, we're going to take a break here in a little bit, and we got uh, another segment with you, Elizabeth. But how can we pray for you? and what you have been. I'm sure it takes a lot of endurance, a lot of time management. How can our listeners pray for you and what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for your prayers and support. Um, You can pray for just uh, our our safety. Uh, We do get death threats and uh, and things such as that. Um, But thank thank God our angels are bigger than their demons, and so God's got us covered. (laughs) But uh, pray for our safety and for a provision. We are at a point of... um, kind of shift right now with what we're doing, where uh, where God is calling us to do such big things in the ministry that my husband is pulling back a little bit from medicine for us to go more full-time into this ministry, and uh, and that is a big faith walk for us. Um, you know, we live in, a, in a, a comfortable house, obviously a lot of square footage for 10 children, <laughs> and we have, bills, we have bills to pay, and we're stepping out of the boat and trusting God to provide for us 
um, as as we begin to try to do more of what we're doing on a national level um, and even and even internationally, Lord willing. So there's so there's never a shortage of insanity and evil to confront, unfortunately, on a daily basis in this culture. And so we thank you so much for your support at activistmommy.com. You can see how to get my newsletters, uh, my emails, so that you can stay abreast of everything that we are are dealing with on a daily basis. And uh, you can see where you can donate on activistmommy.com. Thank you. We're speaking with Elizabeth Johnston, and I love the way uh, your bio states uh, the pulse behind all your activism and cultural commentary is your love for your family, your Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, so I thank you for just p- taking a bold stand, being unashamed of the truth and the gospel. And uh, there's a lot of moms, there are a lot of moms listening right now, and of course dads mm-hmm. too, Christian parents, that some are homeschooling, some are not. Um, mm-hmm. and, and my goodness, we've had those conversations about what's going on in the government-controlled schools. But how can you encourage them uh, especially those that feel like, well, I, I just can't go down to that uh, clinic and I, I just have too much. I'm tied down at home. They feel like either they don't have the money to get away or they don't have the time to get away. How can you encourage them other than to pray for mm-hmm. others that are on the front lines and God's people and repentance? What can they do? How can you encourage them, Elizabeth? As parents, it is critical that we lead by example and uh, something that has been life-changing for our children is, you know, we, our kids aren't some sheltered homeschoolers that don't know anything about sin, anything about the world. Our children go to abortion clinics and have for 20 years. We've wow. raised all of our children on the front lines of abortion clinics, praying, uh, watching broken men and women whose children are scheduled for slaughter, watching broken men and women come in and come out watching what sin does to people's sexual anarchy, sexual sin does to people's lives, watching women choose life, throw mommy throwing baby showers for these women so that they um, know how much we love them and care about them. Our kids have watched all of this for 20 years, and if, I cannot tell you how it has shaped their lives, how it has transformed them and, and caused them to be now arrows that we are shooting out into culture um, as, as the Bible teaches us to do as parents. And so um, it doesn't cost any money to accept gas money to drive to an abortion clinic and pray and be available. If you will just show up, you will be amazed at how God will show off on your behalf and, and just change your kids' lives. You know, my kids aren't interested in Xbox or Fortnite because they're, they're waking me up on Saturday morning when I want to sleep in, and they're saying, Mom, come on, let's go to the abortion clinic. Wow. Ministry like this where you're saving babies' lives and you're holding a baby in your arms that eight months ago Mom almost, almost killed, this is addictive in a good way, not the kind of addiction of Fortnite, you know. And, and so uh, you want to you expose your children to this kind of, of ministry because it, it impacts them forever, and it helps them remember what's important in, in life and what's not important, what's shallow. And so I, I can't emphasize enough the importance of parents involving your children in ministry, letting them watch mommy and daddy fight evil, Hmm. stand for righteousness. This is an important part um, of of our parenting. And then, and then, but also, you know, don't overdo it. Uh, Be, be very careful to not overcommit yourself as parents, even in good things, even in ministry. Like I said, the first 20 years, I was at home pretty much all the time with my children focused on my marriage and my children. And that is the only reason that I can do what I do today, because that time was spent for 20 years really laying the foundation that is so critical for your family. So Mm -hmm. don't overdo it. Don't feel guilt uh, when you're not doing what I'm doing. The only reason I'm doing what I'm doing now is for 20 years, I was very focused on teaching my children the Word of God, teaching them how to be servant-minded, and protecting them from the, you know, evil that comes with letting your children just cohabitate um, as they do in public school situations and even sometimes in church youth group situations, just constantly cohabitating with immorality. See, when mommy and daddy are out at the abortion clinic, 
we're not cohabitating with evil when our children hear, you know, the, the Planned Parenthood volunteers screaming profanity. We're not cohabitating with evil. We are out there standing for righteousness. That's the context in which you want your children to be introduced to sin, when mommy and daddy are standing for righteousness. Excellent advice. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Uh, we are going to talk about your book, Not On My Watch, How to Win the Fight for Faith, Family, and Freedom. And we'll take a quick break. We also want to get your take on the <laughs> on boycotts and the recent Hallmark Channel controversy when we come back with Elizabeth Johnston on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We are speaking with Elizabeth Johnston, the activist mommy. Her book is called Not On My Watch, and uh, a, a, real, a lot of great chapters, informative, provocative uh, issues that everyone's dealing with or we should be dealing with in our culture today. Elizabeth, I think there was a real need for your book, and I know that the foreword was written by Todd Starnes, and just how did you connect with him? How did that relationship come to be? <laughs> Todd, I believe, first interviewed me um, after the Teen Vogue story went viral. Um, when I learned that Teen Vogue, a fashion magazine for young people, was teaching kids how to sodomize one another, uh, I, I could not believe my eyes. And I uh, quickly had my husband make me a little bonfire in the backyard, and I burned the Teen Vogue magazine and urged, uh, urged the country uh, parents to demand that libraries and stores remove the Teen Vogue magazine uh, and, and never accept the Teen Vogue magazine again because it was just nothing but filthy, obscene trash. And parents did it. Uh, that video was viewed 15 million times. I was ruthlessly mocked, called a Nazi book burner, yeah. called names I could never repeat to you. And uh, five months later, a publication that has been in print since I was a little girl printed its last print edition. We completely destroyed them uh, as just grassroots mama bears and papa bears saying enough is enough. You will not pervert the minds of our children like this. And and I this is what God, I believe, has um, asked me to do is to just model for parents and try to inspire parents that God gave you children to protect them. God gave you a voice for a reason. Stop worrying about what everyone thinks about you, because mm -hmm. the truth is there are a lot of godly people that are quietly admiring you when you take a stand for righteousness. Rise up, use the voice that God has given you, and good grief, protect your children, because there are crazy, crazy radical Marxists all over this nation who are determined, they are bent and determined that they are going to pervert your children and make your children uh, really just destroy the family, destroy the fabric of the family, which is a very intentional Marxist tactic. You can't conquer people who are stable. You have to destabilize them and confuse them in order to conquer them. And what I've learned is I've been watching game tape uh, so to speak, which is what we do when we want to understand what the opposition is doing. Yes. As I've been watching game tape, I've, been, I've learned that this is an intentional uh, Marxist attack in 1963. Uh, in Read in the congressional record were 45 communist goals that we were warned in 1963 were going to come to America and be attempted in America. And some of those goals were take over the school institutions, uh, indoctrinate the kids in school, take over the media, um, uh, separate children from their parents and make them not respect their parents. Uh, uh, another Marxist goal was um, normalize basically perversity, normalize homosexuality, uh, normalize pornography, and say that it is a violation of free speech to end pornography. These things, David, were read in the congressional record in 1963 yes. as a warning to us. We did not listen. Christians have sat in church and waited for Jesus to come back the last 50 years, and now we have kids being stolen from their parents because their parents don't want to give their children non-FDA-approved sex change mm. drugs. Yes. We've got 200-pound men 
in shower rooms with our daughters because we sat in churches and listened to flowery sermons and didn't get involved. And now I've got 10 children that I'm raising in this culture and future grandchildren. This is why I'm so passionate about this. Thank you, Elizabeth. And you were right in the middle of that bathroom bill uh, debate over there in Charlotte, North Carolina, several years ago. Um, I'm glad you mentioned those communist goals, because if you were to look at that list, at least half Mm -hmm. of them you could put a check mark by. So the left has been very effective, and you've got a chapter called The Intentional Marxist Mm -hmm. Takeover. But I want to go back to chapters five and six. Silicon Mm -hmm. Valley comes after the activist mommy, (laughs) and stalkers and death threats and trolls, oh my, the average Christian, Elizabeth, that hasn't maybe been as active as some of us have on social media, they don't even like it when people disagree with them mm-hmm. in a comment on a post. Uh, but yet you've had death threats. And tell us about some of the experiences that some people on the front lines deal with when it comes to stalkers mm-hmm. and people trolling you, just to, just to give a little bit of idea of what you've go- gone through here. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I get emails and messages and whatnot saying I'll murder you and your 10 children. Uh, you and your children need a, need a bullet through your head. Um, and, and, and this is for things like me asking people to call um, a local library and respectfully ask them to not allow drag queens to come into the taxpayer-funded library and read gender-bending um, books to our children. I ask citizens to call as taxpayers and I get told I need a bullet through my head and, and through the head of my 10 children. Mm. And so this is what we're dealing with, okay? Those that don't know Jesus, sin will take you into very ugly, dark, and dirty places. And uh, those that are given over to the enemy um, and do not understand Jesus or know Jesus, um, they, they will threaten you. They will bully you. This is what the left is so effective at doing. And, uh, you know, I could end it. I could end the bullying right now just by going and, and, and being quiet and, yes. and saying, OK, enough is enough. This isn't worth it. And, uh, you know, I'm keeping my children safe and that's all that matters. Everybody else can deal with their own their own problems. I could do that and my life might be easier. But what about the lives of my 10 children and their future grandchildren? Yeah. Would their lives yes. be easier if I was silent? No, their lives are going to be terrible because you think things are rough right now. What about when Muslims take over our nation as they are Europe? What about when we're conquered by, by Muslims? Uh, what about when the Bible is hate speech and if we quote it or if we go, what, what about when the church goes underground in America and we're no longer able to worship freely? This is what we're headed to. If you read your history, mm-hmm. if you know your history, this is where we are headed. If Christians continue to sit in their stained glass buildings and not affect their culture. I don't mean we're mean. I don't mean we are nasty. I am never mean or nasty, but I am bold and I am unapologetic. Amen. And that is what God has called us to be. And so I, I just I just want to encourage everyone, yeah, your life might be easier, but we've got to be multi-generational in our thinking. And this is what irritates me about the way Christians say, oh, this is prophesied, this will happen, Jesus coming back. Um, it, it's so dark, it can't possibly get any darker. You do realize they were saying that 50 years ago. Yes. They were all yeah. saying that 50 years ago, and Jesus hasn't come back yet, okay? And Jesus didn't say, hide and hunker down till I come, and he didn't say, stay in your church building till I come. He said, occupy till I come. There is work for us to do. There is a kingdom to build, and we get to be a part of it. That's what's so exciting. Elizabeth, thank you so much, and we've, uh, we're running out of time, just a, a minute here, but you had a very successful campaign uh, against a top-selling book called A Children's Book of Demons. Thank you so right. much for taking a stand for that. There's an article on your website, uh, activistmommy.com, which we will put in the podcast post. Also, you've been active in the Day of Mourning, an event mm-hmm. to mourn over the travesty of abortion in this country, and also mm-hmm. active in a public school sex ed sit-out. Are you going to mm-hmm. do continue these events in the coming year? Yes, David. This is one of the reasons why I'm assembling a, a larger team at this point, and this is why we need more funding uh, this is why my husband is, is going part-time in medicine to help us with these, some of these, uh, the administrative side 
of some of these large events, but mm. we do need more um, grassroots parental protests of pornographic sex ed in the schools. We need more solemn assemblies across this nation because the Lord promised us that if we would humble ourselves and pray and seek His face and turn from our wicked ways, that He'd hear from heaven and forgive our sin and heal our land. These are some of the things that God has led me to organize that have been very effective, um, and, and yet I'm just, you know, I'm a homeschool mom trying to do these things. And so if your followers could go to activistmommy.com and see that there's a donate button there, there's a subscribe button where you can get our um, very informative uh, articles that we send out maybe twice, two, three times a week. Um, we don't flood your we don't flood your email inbox with with emails. But uh, these are things that there aren't a lot of other people writing about and informing you about and fighting on a grassroots level. Um, I don't focus a whole lot on the political side of things. I focus more on the social and moral things that are really concerning to to Christians. Uh, and to parents in this culture. So connect with me on my Facebook page and my website, activistmommy.com, and uh, see how you can get involved. We are uh, making a difference on a daily basis. And thank you, Elizabeth. The book is called Not On My Watch, How to Win the Fight for Family, Faith, and Freedom. Elizabeth Johnston, the Activist Mommy, God bless you. Thank you for taking time with us this morning, Elizabeth, and you have a Merry Christmas. You too, David. God bless you for all you do. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I just wish we had so much more time. A lot of questions we didn't get to, but we'll, God willing, have Elizabeth back. But uh, this is a call to action, friends. She has, she's been out on the front lines for almost five years now. And in those five years, she's done more than a lot of us have accomplished in our lifetimes as far as raising awareness about what is happening out there, not only in the culture, but Hollywood, the entertainment they're putting out, the public schools and what's happening, and, of course, the uh, abortion fight. So just uh, thank you guys for those of you who are listening, who are taking a stand and who are trying to be more vocal. We need to speak the truth, and remember, always speak it in love. We're going to take a break, and we've got a lot of articles to get to. In fact, a couple from Elizabeth's website, activistmommy.com, when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. All right. We, uh, it's, just, our, it's such a blessing to talk to someone like Elizabeth Johnston, who to me is an inspiration of someone who is a committed Christian who decided, I have to do something. I have to speak up about this. I have to take a stand for truth and, of course, for her kids. And also, she's looking ahead. She's looking at where's the church going to be if we don't speak up and address many of these issues. I'm going to talk about the Hallmark controversy in a minute. I've got a statement from, I think he's the CEO of Hallmark. There was a petition against Hallmark. I don't know if you heard. Um, But first, I'm going to Elizabeth's website, activistmommy.com. Walmart and Target drop Children's Book of Demons after Activist Mommy Report. Well, uh, the article says, Our voices have been heard. Last month we called your attention to an occultist's book for children who wish to summon demons as a means of creative problem-solving called A Children's Book of Demons. Last week, however, we learned that our expose of this demonic children's book may have led to two major retailers pulling it from their shelves, Praise God. According to a report by the Christian Post, Walmart and Target quietly took down listings for the book on their online stores. Although neither store offered comment at the time, we're incredibly thankful that they no longer uh, are selling this book. However, Amazon, Books a Million, and Barnes and Noble still sell the book for anywhere from 10 to 12 bucks. And you know what that means? Our work isn't finished yet. This is serious. If you go to this and just look at this demonic cover, a children's book of demons. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we had Jill Martin Rishi on the program, um, daughter of Dr. Walter Martin. We're talking about her book, Kingdom of the Occult. And we talked about this children's book of demons. It's a different demon on every page. They're uh, animated, so of course they look kind of creepy but kind of goofy at the same time, which makes it more inviting to kids. But um, 
things like this, when people stand up, petitions don't always work. But sometimes they do get through, and the more people that sign these petitions or, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Christians say, I'm not into boycotts. I'm into boycotts. I'll support Christian companies. I'll support those who I know are a biblically-based organization or company. Well, there are less and less today, and there are some products, I think, that uh, you don't have that Christian option, maybe when you talk about a car company or your favorite soda. I mean, they're all left. They're gone. And you know what side they're on. So let's talk about another one. We'll put this um, article in our podcast post today about the children's book of demons. Uh, Still needs to get off some of those uh, sites. But here it is, Hallmark. Now, the controversy came up a few years, not a few years ago, a few uh, weeks or months ago when they started airing an ad with uh, lesbians at a wedding, you know, lip-locking, kissing. Um, and Hallmark Channel, you go, no, because a lot of us turn there for Christmas movies and more family-friendly content. But there was a, a network, I don't remember what it was, what it was called, a couple years ago, a family, um, I think, was it ABC Family? or There was a family network that changed its name and programming to just about anything goes a few years ago. So they're starting to go away more and more. But Hallmark, so originally, check this out, people like the activist Mommy and, and, and other outlets were one million moms, I think, was one of the main um yeah, One Million Moms are very active in this. Family Research Council, American Family Association. When you're trying to raise awareness about what these corporations are pushing, you just want Christian parents to know, right? So then we have a choice. Okay, I know that so-and-so supports Planned Parenthood, and my, like Girl Scouts or whatever. And I'm, am I going to still go to Starbucks or buy Girl Scout cookies because I know what they support? That's on you. Now that you know... The truth. So this article, Hallmark Channel apologizes, will now allow LGBT ads and promises to work with GLAAD, gay and lesbians against uh, defamation or something like that. So after facing a massive backlash on social media, first from conservatives and Christians, and evidently then from some high-profile people in the LGBTQ community, um, because Hallmark took the commercial off the air. I don't know how long it was. It may have been just a couple days. But Hallmark Channel reversed course and now will allow LGBT-themed ads to air on its platform despite resistance from conservative and pro-family groups. Um, A few days ago, Mike Perry, the CEO of Hallmark Cards, apologized for having caused hurt and disappointment to the LGBTQ community for pulling this Zola ad. I don't know what that is featuring an, a lesbian wedding and a, a lesbian kiss, and they promised to build a more inclusive atmosphere. Here's what it says, according to The Hollywood Reporter. The Crown Media team has been, apolog- has been agonizing over this decision as we've seen, we've seen the hurt it has unintentionally caused, um, simply said they believe this was the wrong decision. Our mission is rooted in helping all people connect celebrate traditions, and be inspired to capture meaningful moments in their lives. And anything that detracts from this purpose is not who we are. Across our brand, we will continue to look for ways to be more inclusive and celebrate our differences. Now, on the company website, Hallmark also promised to work alongside the activist organization GLAAD, which again, is Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, to create a more inclusive programming lineup. While touting its record on LGBT issues, it says this on their website. Now, this was after this hashtag went out, Boycott Hallmark Channel. And that was trending, I believe, Saturday after the New York Times reported that the channel pulled... I didn't realize this, guys. There, there were four ads from the wet. It was a Zola is a wedding planning and registry registry website trying to cater to uh, same sex weddings, same sex couples. So they they put their ads on the Hallmark Channel. Then the hashtag went out: boycott Hallmark Channel. Well, here's their statement now on their website: 
Hallmark is and always has been committed to diversity and inclusion both in our workplace as well as the products and experiences we create. It is never Hallmark's intention to be divisive or generate controversy. We are an inclusive company and have a track record to prove it. We have LGBTQ greeting cards, which they do, and they feature LGBTQ couples and commercials. We have been recognized as one of the human rights campaign's best places to work and as one of Forbes' America's best employers for diversity. We have been a progressive pioneer on television for decades. Stop right there. That's their statement. It's true. The question is, why haven't people spoken up before this one in-your-face lesbian wedding ad? And I would submit to you that they have been uh, champions of diversity. They have had some LGBTQ characters and other commercials that were subtle. We've seen them. We've seen them in, on TV. They're on every channel. But they're not in your face, and they've been doing it gradually. And we look at that and go, well, that's just one or two commercials. The program I'm watching is not that bad. So we're lowering the standard, and we're comparing it to what is on network television or primetime television or raunchy cable, HBO, and some of these other ridiculous programs that I pray to God Christians are not watching. But this is what is going on. So we see Hallmark, even though they've been giving in these last several years, and I mean, the human rights campaign, they're radical leftists. They are like <laughs> the gay Reich, the gay mafia, uh, if you don't agree with them. And yet Hallmark is in good standing with them. So it's not just this one commercial or a series of commercials on a same-sex, a lesbian wedding that is all of a sudden come. It's just the fact that uh, one million moms and others decided to boycott Hallmark and get this campaign going to sign the petition. So good for them. And what is Hallmark? Are they a Christian company, corporation, church? No, they're not, they're not a nonprofit. They're in business. They can do whatever they want with their business. And it says, in the, to finish the statement on their website, Hallmark will be working with GLAAD to better represent the LGBTQ community across our portfolio of brands. The Hallmark Channel will be reaching out to Zola to reestablish our partnership to reinstate the commercials. So guess what? The um, petition worked briefly. Uh, the boycott worked uh, for a short time. But anyway, um, one person said parents can no longer trust Hallmark. Now, after all these other channels are gone, this is one of the few that they could watch. And now they're going until recently. They had a pretty good record for pretty good for keeping their movies and commercials family-friendly. Now um, Hallmark is no longer allowing parents to be the primary educators when it comes to sex and sexual morality. Parents that are listening right now, you might think, oh, you're making a big deal out of this. It's just one network, one channel. But if, you're, if your kids are watching that, aren't those commercials sending a message? Of course. The question is, how many of those are you willing to allow your family to watch? You can't be in the room every time it comes on, on, on any channel. So anyway, there's some more comments that, that some people chimed in on, but th we'll put this article in the post today. And the title of today's post, we were thankful to have Elizabeth Johnston on in the first two segments. Um, Elizabeth Johnston, activist mommy, fighting for faith, family, and freedom. Um, another article here, we'll just have a few more minutes. New York Public School rejects a student Christian club. And this is where we're headed, where we know what's happening in the public schools. We've talked about it quite a bit on this program. But Franklin Graham, God bless him, um, he responds to a New York public school that rejected a student Christian club. And this same school is, they have an LGBTQ pride club, right? So they approved the pride club. And it sure seems like the only group dis discriminated against these days are Christians. But the Bible says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, Matthew 5.16. So a New York school district actually violated federal law when it rejected a Christian student's request 
to start an on-campus Christian club. Now, where did I read in this article? This school, Ketchum High School, has 20 student clubs. 20. One of them is an LGBT rights student club, um, pride club, all these different clubs. I'm sure there's something for you know Muslims. I'm sure there's something for Wicca. Um, but there are no Christian clubs. So one student wanted to have this going, isn't this my right? Yes. There's a federal law that you could violate, and they did by rejecting a Christian student's request. <coughs> excuse, excuse me. <coughs> to excuse me, to start a non-Christian club or a Christian club on campus. Um, now, according to a nonprofit legal group, the First Liberty Institute is representing uh, this family and in this school district in New York, and they are demanding that it approve. And it was a freshman girl that wanted to start this club, so she submitted an application. Um, Wow. So we're we're not surprised by this. Uh, The aim of the club is simply to offer faith-based support during biweekly student-initiated meetings where students have discussions about living for God in a godless society. When you read that and ask yourself, how did it get to the point where now that is offensive? Just to have faith-based support in a club, to talk about living for God in a godless society, you're not pinpointing anybody specifically. You're not naming names, although you could. Um. This is what the state of our public schools is now because it's run by the left. It has been for decades. One of the questions I wanted to ask Elizabeth Johnston is, with the direction of our country, culture, and even what the church has allowed and the lack of people speaking up, where the public schools are concerned, I was going to ask her if she thought, because she homeschools 10 kids, my goodness, are are the uh, public schools redeemable? Can they be salvaged? And I know the answer, the, the overall answer is no, but also no, there are Christian kids and there are Christian teachers in the public schools. Their hands are tied. They can't say much, of course, about faith, but there are Christians in the public school system. What do we do about that? Um, so it's a very, very tough situation that will be continue to be debated. But this law, federal law, um, says it, it is unlawful for public secondary schools that receive federal assistance and have limited open forms. It's unlawful for them to deny equal access or fair opportunity to students who wish to conduct a meeting or have an open forum. That includes Christian parents with kids in the public schools. That includes an open forum on the basis of religious, political, philosophical, or other content or speech at such meetings. So, well, you'll hear more of these. We've had, we have heard a lot of these. This was at the Christian Post, uh, reposted by the Harbingers Daily. Um, thankful for people like Franklin Graham, who are standing up for faith, family, and freedom. We try to do that here. We try to have Julaine Appling on the Wisconsin Family Council to stand up for faith, family, and freedom. We need to do this at the local level, friends. And if we are not active and aware of what's happening at the local level, look out. In Appleton, there's something going on where they're trying to ban what they're calling conversion therapy. And so look out, guys. This is going to be an ongoing battle because they're trying to say what's evil is good and what's good is evil. God is not the creator. He didn't make them male or female. So in case you missed it, they say... The left says, I'm talking about this local Appleton, Wisconsin, they're considering a conversion therapy ban, the Appleton Board of Health. They say there's no chance in someone changing if, if, if they insist they are born gay or lesbian or transgender. They say there's no chance on someone changing. Is that true? Absolutely not. That would say, okay, God is out of the picture. Jesus transforms lives every single day. He redeems people. He forgives sins. He creates. He, we are new creations in Christ. The old has gone. The new has come. He transforms lives no matter what the sin, no matter what the lifestyle. 
Of course, when you remove God, Christ, the Bible, truth, remove all that, then there is no hope. When you reject God and truth and the Savior, when you reject the only means of transformation, then of course there's no hope. But So we need to, when we think about counseling, we need to counsel with the truth. And they, they just want to throw out the Bible, anything in the Bible. And that's where this debate comes down, friends. So Appleton, look up those articles. Um, I think there's one WLUK, the TV station websites. There's a continual update on this situation where Appleton is talking about that. In other words, you can't counsel a young child who thinks he's gay or lesbian. You can't counsel them and say, uh, do you, you just ask the question, do you want to continue in this lifestyle? Do you, would you rather be heterosexual, live a heterosexual? Would you rather believe that Christ can deliver you or change you? They, you know, you can't even ask those. They want to make it illegal for counselors to give options. So in other words, you can only accommodate. And where's the tolerance in that? That's one-way tolerance, right? All right, so much more could be said about this, but we'll put these articles up on today's podcast post. When we come back, we'll tell you about our guests the rest of the week. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Hey, thank you so much for staying with us. And tomorrow we've got Pastor Randy White. I think we're going to talk to him a little bit about the John Nelson Darby Academy and uh, the homeschooling, speaking of homeschooling. And, of course, I'm, uh, I'm working with Freedom Project Academy, not on the academy side, but Freedom Project Media. By the way, I just put out a video yesterday on um, how some people are struggling at Christmas. And I just got very real with um, just what I shared in that video about how this year has been. It's been full of trials. But can we go through one of the hardest years in our lives and still have the joy of the Lord? Yes, happiness depends on circumstances, but joy from God is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So hang in there, Christian friends, and be encouraged that we have hope. And this is all temporary. Friday, we have an author, new author, uh, Hillary Morgan Furrer, and she wrote a book called Mama Bear Apologetics. So we have a little theme going at, at the end of this week here on Stand for the Truth. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. And again, continue to keep the reason for the season in your sights, in focus. Don't lose focus. And uh, we appreciate you guys. Pray for us. Share our podcasts on social media. And God bless you. And keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>